Hey guys, UFC 2997, it will help me out with the algorithm, and once I start uploading more YouTube channels, please interact with me there. I would really appreciate it. Peace, guys. Later. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody is well. Before I forget, I've got an official press release for UFC 298. So the main event will be Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tapuria. And for those wondering, it is in Anaheim. The co-main event will be Marav Dwalajvili versus... Henry Cejudo, and then we got some other cool matches. You got Tatiana Suarez taking on Amanda Lemus, and you got Taito Ivasa taking on Marcin Tabura. You got Anthony Hernandez taking on Ikram Aliskerov. That guy is insane. The only guy that ever beat him is Hamza Chimaev. You got Marcos Rodrigo de Lima fighting Justin Taffa, and you got Andrea Lee battling Miranda Maverick. So there's that. That is UFC 298, which takes place on February 17th at Ana in Anaheim, California. I was going to say at Anaheim. Adrian, you're funny at. No, it's in silly in in Anaheim. Tickets go on sale Friday, December 15th. So this Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. There's gonna be you see Fight Club members get to go first. I think they get a, a crack at tickets on December 13th. And then the pre-sale to UFC newsletter subscribers on December 14th at 10 a.m. And then everybody else December 15th at 10 a.m. So there's that. You guys excited about this, man? I'm excited. They're apparently going to have a press conference, a seasonal press conference covering UFC 297, 298, and 299. Sean Strickland, um, Strickland's Duplicis are going to be there. Um, Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera are going to be there. And, of course, Alexander and... Ilya will be there. Let's go over the fights this weekend. It'll be fast. Um, other than the Khalil Roundtree, Anthony Smith fight, nothing really surprised me. Nothing really stood out to me. To me, I thought um, the Sung Dong fight, Chris Gutierrez, I checked out after the fourth round because it was clear that 
Sonya Dong saw he had an advantage on the ground, so he took him down. And it was funny because Chris's coaches were telling him, like, dude, you got to get away from him. You got to get away from him. And he did something in the opening of the... I think he, like, dove for the legs. I'm, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That I didn't even finish watching the fight. I checked out. I looked it up later, but I saw that song you down one, like, 50, 45 across the board or something like that. Let's see. Yeah. 50-44 on one judge's scorecard. Andre Muniz and Park Jung-Yung. That was a good fight. Sue Marjorie, the Tibetan Eagle, and Tim Elliott. That was a crazy fight. Tim Elliott's the man, bro. And he says, I feel my UFC title run is over, but I'm here for some good fights. Nasha Hypersat versus Jamie Malarkey. That was a crazy fight itself. Like, this card had good fights. They didn't have, like, big names because, of course... My understanding is this was supposed to take place in China when it was Song Yudong and Peter Yan, but for whatever reason, Peter Yan pulled out. So they went with Chris Gutierrez because Peter Yan was in Russia facing off with Conor McGregor. I don't know if anybody saw that, but that was insane. That was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Let's look at the rankings. I can never find these rankings. It pisses me off. But I found them. So I know because I looked at them earlier, there was no movement on the Bantamweight side of things. Now, here's the thing to keep in mind. I just told you that the UFC announced Marab Dwalish really versus Henry Cejudo. Marlon Vera's fighting Sean O'Malley in March. So that's number two, number three, the champion. And then Marlon, who's number six. They're all booked. There's a rumor Corey Sanhagen is fighting Umar Nurmagomedov. And Sonya Dong is number six. But he should be rooting for Marlon because if Marlon beats Cheeto and then Sonya Dong gets like one more win. You're automatic. You should be there. And, and of course, Corey Sanhagen should also be rooting for Marlon because you beat Marlon. So if you beat Umar, you get you should get a title shot because you also beat Song Yudong. But then the question because becomes if Marab wants to fight for the belt. But then Aljo is the X Factor, right? Because Aljo beat Corey Sanhagen. But he, like, let's say that's the case. So let's say they do Song Dong versus Peter Yan because he said he wanted that fight. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't wouldn't do Davison Figueredo because Davison is now number eight after he beat Rob Bond two weeks ago. I wouldn't be surprised if they do Davison Figueredo versus Song Dong because they both called out Peter. Peter was busy facing off with Conor McGregor in Russia. It was pretty cool. But it's funny because Peter and Connor, like, I wouldn't, I don't know their relationship, but it seems like they like each other and they get along. So there's that. For Khalil Roundtree, he is number eight. So Johnny Walker is going to fight Mamamera Kilaev in January. Alexander Rakic was supposed to fight Jan Blakovic, but Jan Blakovic pulled out. They were supposed to fight in the Canada card. 
Jan Blachowicz pulled out. So now he called out a fight with Yuri, and then Yuri said, okay, I could fight you in February or March. And Alexander said, let's fight in February at the Anaheim card. I don't know if that's still possible because they've already announced it, but uh, anything is possible when it comes to MMA. So it, let's say those guys are going to fight. So that's already number two, number five are going to fight each other. And number three and number six will fight each other. So for Khalil, if you fight Nikita Krilov, that's that's a good fight. Because he says he wants to fight for the belt, but you have these role of killers. First of all, Khalil Roundtree's a problem. Like if you're gonna sit there and tell me, oh no, he just beat up Anthony. Like, bro, what he did was not easy, and those calling out Anthony Smith, like, leave him alone. That guy. He can still throw, man. We should stop telling fighters when to retire. Unless he gets bad like Anderson Silva, then somebody should step in. And then, again, like, like what, what my friends in Triller did with Evander Holyfield. He, I can't believe, I don't know who I should be more upset about. Well, who should I be more upset with? With Triller, with Vitor, or... The Florida Athletic Commission for allowing that to happen. <laughs> I I'm not gonna get into it, bro, because it upsets me. But there's that. So there's that. Um, let's get into the fights this weekend, cause then we can get into some stories that I want to talk about. I don't know how long this podcast is gonna be. I'm shooting for about thirty forty minutes. So let's see how where we go. Now this card is stacked. In the main event, you have Leon Edwards fighting Colby Covington. In the co-main event, you have Alejandre Pantoja fighting Brandon Royval. In a feature fight, you have Shavkat Ragmanov versus Steven Thompson. In a featured bout, you have Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett. In the feature opener, you have Vicente Luque fighting Ian Machado. Gary in the prelim headliner, you have Josh Emmett fighting Bryce Mitchell. Of course, it was supposed to be Giga Chikaze, but he pulled, I think, was it a torn groin? But they told him he should be back sooner rather than later. So there's that. You have Irene Aldana fighting Carol Rosa. You have Cody Garbrandt fighting Brian Kelleher. You have Casey O'Neill fighting Ariane Lipsky. And then that's the pre that's the main prelim card. And then for the early prelims, you have Alonzo Menafield fighting Dustin Jacoby. You have Tagir Olibekov fighting Cody Durden. You have Andre Philly fighting Lucas Almeida. You have Martin Boudet fighting Camille Gaziv. You have Randy Brown fighting Muslim Sakiho. Dang, that's a crazy, crazy card. Um, I want to watch all of this. Like, I might be tuning in since three thirty, bro. These are some crazy fights right here. I'm a big fan of Andre Feely. Of course, I'm a big fan of my boy Cody Garbrandt. I always get excited when he's gonna fight, and look how low he is on the card. But that doesn't matter, bro, because Cody's still the man in my. And he had a good last fight. For people saying he didn't have a good last fight, like, stop talking to me. Because 
he had a neck injury and he still went out there and performed. So for me, that's a good performance. Bryce Mitchell versus Josh Emmett. I cannot wait. And then, of course, we didn't get Giga versus Josh Emmett, but Bryce Mitchell's a character. I cannot wait. I hope he takes the Bible and yells, Freedom! Again, bro, because that was the best. That was the best when he did that. I hope he does that again. Uh, now let's get into these pay-per-view cards. Vicente Luque versus Ian Gary. Like, can I tell you guys something? This is what pisses me off about MMA media. People are more pumped for this press conference because of the uh, quote-unquote controversy surrounding Ian Gary rather than how fucking good this fight is. Like, what's wrong with you guys? I didn't know I signed up to be part of... um, the, For lack of a better... Why are people slamming my door? I'm sorry if you heard that. Um, For lack of a better term... This is a reality. Like, I didn't know MMA media was a reality show up until recently. It's very sad. Very sad. You don't see the NBA acting like this. You don't see soccer players acting like this. But to cover the 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 um press conferences, like, they're a bigger deal than the fight. Like, what's wrong with you guys, bro? Like, the only reason I'm not there doing it is because I can't get credentialed by the UFC because I need a bigger following. Talking about that, I'm going to start making Instagram posts. So if you're listening to this, if you see my Instagram post, please interact with it. Even if you hate it, be like, dude, this guy sucks or this band sucks. If you guys help me, what it'll do is it'll give the algorithm like, yo, people like this. Let's share it with other people so they can interact with it. And the same thing with the YouTube videos, because I'd be posting on Instagram. And nobody's interacting with it. So, back to what I was saying. So, they're going to do the seasonal press conference for the next upcoming UFC events, right? Um, How, like, I don't give a fuck that Sean Strickland and Colby Covington are going to cross paths. And the other thing that's starting to piss me off is Colby's starting to say, well, if I beat Leon, I'm going to go up and fight Sean. First of all, Leon is is a tough matchup for anybody, okay? A tough matchup for anybody. So for you to go in there and tell me you're going to beat up Sean, I mean, look where my mind is going. If you're going to go in there and tell me you're going to beat up Leon like it's nothing. I'm glad he has that confidence in him. I, I really am. But let's not act like, Drickus Duplices is a walk in the park. Look what he did to Robert Whitaker. And I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, if Drickus would have um, been ready to fight come September of last year, what Sean Strickland did to Israel, if that Israel showed up, he would have beat him within two rounds. If the like, listen, I'm not hating on Israel. I'm just saying, if the Israel that showed up to fight Sean Strickland, Showed up to fight Drickus. Drickus would have beat him within two rounds. If not a round and a half. Like he he would have made it out of the first. I feel he probably would have gotten 10-8. And then Drickus would have beat him in the second. But this is my opinion, right? So, like, stop. stop. Like, it's cool to say, like, yo, Kobe has 
double title aspirations and hopes to fight the like I would have put hopes to fight the winner of the UFC 297 main event, which is scheduled to be Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis. Or for them to say, after this fight with Leon, he hopes to go up and battle Sean Strickland. But to say you're gonna he's gonna beat Leon and then go up and challenge Sean Strickland for the middleweight title, you're just missing Drickus. And that's not fair. Like I understand that Colby's confident in winning. I don't have a problem with him saying, I'm going to beat Leon and then go up to middleweight. Like, I don't have a problem with that. They could have said he has aspirations to be a champ champ and will hopefully challenge the winner of UFC, the UFC 297 main event, you know? But, like, they say, the way they say things is what pisses me off. So there's that. Now, I want to talk about Tony Ferguson versus Petty Pimlet. Okay? People are saying this is it for Tony, this, this, and that. I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't know. Because if Tony, like, let's look at Tony's. I'm scared to look at this because I know it's like six or eight losses. Let's just look at it. One, two, three, Four, it's six losses. He went from 25 and three to 25 and nine. That is crazy. His last win was before the pandemic in June of 2019. Like, Tony hasn't won a fight in almost three and a half years. That's sad, man. But then again, look at the competition he's fighting Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira. But Neil Dariush, he was doing very well against Mike Chandler. He took the late notice fight with Nate Diaz. And then, now, this is what I want to say. I don't know if the Bobby Green eye poke had anything to do with it. But if it did, like, that's a factor, right? I don't want to use the word excuse because Bobby doesn't deserve that. Bobby deserves to get his credit, you know? But... Let's be honest here, guys. Bobby was able to choke out Tony. Tony has a black belt under Eddie Bravo. Now, I still maintain the idea of, yes, the fact that you have a black belt means you're good at, at jiu-jitsu or like any martial arts that has a belt system. <laughs> but it also depends who you get it from. Like, Eddie Bravo, I hold him as far as jiu-jitsu goes. I hold him in high regards. Like, he's the equivalent to a Gracie because he got his black belt from their cousin, Sean Jacques Machado, but yet he created his own style. He created his style without the gi. So my point to you is this. He has a black belt from Eddie Bravo. Now, the eye poke, he was getting boxed up by Bobby. Bobby knocked him down, and then he gets choked out. Bobby's a purple belt, granted. So you, you're going to tell me that you don't think if Patty Pimler, who's known for his jiu-jitsu, takes him down, doesn't have a chance to choke out Tony, you are absolutely out of your mind. I think Nick or Nate Diaz said a quote that made me really think. He said that Tony's ground game was trash. Like, he was alluding, he didn't use the word trash, but he was alluding that it wasn't very good. Like, it was very reckless. 
So let's see when. Let me see if I can find that and I'll tell you. Look, I found it. Nick Diaz says Tony Ferguson lacks technique. Nick Diaz says Tony Ferguson lacks technique. It's obnoxious. Tony Ferguson has a rather unusual style, one which is extremely fun for viewers. However, even though he's used to fighting, he used this fighting styles in a seven-year undefeated stretch. Not everyone is a fan of him, including Nick Diaz. Diaz revealed his thoughts on El Kukui and his style during a physical therapy session with sports doctor Bayou Hightower. I don't like it. It's obnoxious. I can't stand that type of style. I'm going to knock it because that's what you have to do. It's like a spastic type of person who makes up for a lack of technique with those type of tactics. You have to avoid those tactics. It's an annoying type of guy to fight. So, Nick, I guess he, like, because from what I heard, this is what I heard. I didn't talk to Nick. I didn't talk to anybody about it. But what Nick says, I mean, what Caesar Gracie said is that the whole thing when they switched with Nate and Tomza and Kevin and Tony, what happened was they said Nick came up with the game plan for that fight. Because they knew Tony was gonna spin, so that's why you would like when Tony would spin, you would see Nate just kind of move away. Like I wonder what would have happened in that fight if those guys actually trained to fight each other. You know, I wonder what would have happened. And then another thing that worries me is he's training with David Goggins, and David Goggins is in the International Sports Hall of Fame. And look, look, this is what he's in there for. An American ultra marathon runner, ultra distance cyclist, triathlon, and former world record holder for the most pull-ups done in 24 hours. He's a retired United States Navy SEAL and former United Air Force Tactical Air Control Party member who took part in the war in Afghanistan and the Iraq war. My only problem with this is, like, look at what Nick says. His Style was the problem in his fight with Nathan. Like, Tony's conditioning has never been in question. It's your technique. And who are you training MMA with? Are you back with Eddie Bravo? Is is David Goggins going to be in his corner? Like, I mean, like, this is it, guys. Like, if he doesn't beat Patty, it's it's seven in a row. Going from 20 and three to 20 and nine. To potentially 20 and 10. 23. Sorry, I kept saying 20. Like, this is it. 25. I'm sorry. He went from 25 and 3 to 25 and 9. Like, I guarantee you the UFC cuts Tony if he loses this fight. And maybe even if he wins by a margin, they still cut him. Because what do they do with him after that? Like, for them to keep him, Tony has to blow... Patty Pimley out the water. It hurts me to say that because I like Tony a lot. Like, Tony's one of my favorite fighters. I've been following Tony since he was on the Ultimate Fighter season with Brock Lesnar, okay? That's what I want you guys to understand here. But a six-fight, like, even a three-fight losing streak, but a six-fight losing streak against top-notch competition because Bobby Green is top-notch. I would advise Bobby to put his hands up 
in his next fight, but that would just be me. So I want to know what David Goggins helped Tony Ferguson with because his conditioning has never been in question. I'll tell you that much. It has never been in question. Okay, so I was able to get my 30 minutes in. So this will be the last story of the of the day. Uh, this isn't the story, but Mateusz Gamera will take on Rafael Dos Anjos in the March card. Okay, now let's look at the rankings before I get into the real final story. This is what, lightweight? Lightweight. So we still don't know what Islam's doing. It's rumored that it's going to be Charles, but Justin is there. Dustin is there. Armin is there. Mike, poor Mike, still waiting for Connor. And Mateusz Gamera, who's number six, is going to fight Rafael Dos who's number 11. If he beats him, if Rafael beats him, he should be take his number six spot. And then, honestly, people are going to like this, but if Chandler, I mean, if Connor beats Chandler, I would want to see him and Dos Anjos fight. There was something I was looking on Instagram, but I could not find it. Hold on. Let me see if this will help. So, guys, please interact with um, the social media pages. You guys can even um, comment about stuff. Like, even if you don't like what I'm posting, tell me, hey, garbage. You can say it like that. My point is I need engagement. I need you guys' help. And I know... I know you guys like to scroll because I like to scroll. So I would really appreciate appreciate it. And you guys can even, like, if you want me to talk about certain things, just tell me. Yo, dude, talk about this. Talk about this. Or what are your thoughts on this? Like, if you guys feel I'm not covering something that you guys want to hear me talk about, by all means, let me know. Like, this show, as much as I love doing it, guys, um, I want people to be involved. I want people to um look forward to the show again i'm gonna try to get better at uploading even though i got the podcast kind of down i need to get the youtube down i uploaded the jay weinberg video it's doing great i would like it to do better somebody disliked it i don't know who somebody did it's cool man it's cool did I not follow that? Let me check my other account. I'm looking for something because I feel another fight was announced that I want to talk about before we move on to the final story of the day. If I don't find it, it's okay. Oh, fuck. Okay, I couldn't find it, but but we're going to move on. Hold on, hold on. I got one more attempt to see if I can find it. No, I don't want to see that. I guess I can do it on the web. I wanted to see if I could look at my like post, but I guess not. Okay, so final story of the day. Ali Abdelabdiz posed bizarre cryptic tweet about welfare of MMA fighters fan reacting confusion. You definitely use chat... GPT to write that. I think that's like an AI voice thing, if I'm not mistaken. 
Prominent MMA manager and CEO of Dominance MMA, Ali Abdelaziz has established an impressive stable of champions. He really has, man. That guy won't talk to me. I, I love him a lot. Like, Ali, I love you. But, and it's not a knock on him. I like, I do, I really do like him a lot. Beyond, beyond his immense in athletic management and representation within the MMA landscape, Ali Abdelaziz stands out as a polarizing figure. Beyond for his unfiltered perspective and sometimes controversial comments. Okay. Most recently, Ali Abdelaziz expressed deep concern about the current state of MMA on X. The cryptic message conveyed a genuine love for the sport while highlighting apprehensions about the well-being of the fighters and their families, the Egyptian manager wrote. I love the sport of MMA so much, but I'm truly concerned about the demographic and what is going on right now. And I'm very worried about the fighters and their families and the sport in general. I've never felt like that before. So when he says this, like, look at the words he uses, demographic of what is going on right now. I don't think he used that in the right content. What I think he meant the landscape of MMA because it goes on to say Mark Monday, who works for ESPN, who's fucking awesome. That guy's awesome, right? Bro, I don't got no Hold on. Give me one sec, guys. I have so much stuff on my desk that I have to move stuff around. Here, let's do a noise effect. So I think the confusing part of that statement is the word demographic. I don't think that's what he meant because, again, it go, the article goes on to say ESPN MMA re- reporter Malk Ramondi asked Ali Abdelaziz for clarification on the tweet and his response he got. He's concerned about MMA and the fewer options for fighters without Bellator and frustrated by promotions like one which he feels doesn't get fighters in the belt. Renner Del Ritter is a one double champion and hasn't fought for over a year. I mean, that's the problem, right? And I've told you guys, that's my problem with one. They don't see, like, I, what I'm wondering is because they do too many sports, like they say too much of things, like trying to do too many things at once can really hinder a company because they focused a lot on the Muay Thai aspect this year because they expanded in the Muay Thai market, I believe. But tell me one thing. How can a sitting double champ, and they probably don't have a lot of events. They probably don't. I'm telling you, I know they're not going every weekend like the UFC. I mean, look. Right now in America, the only one going right now is UFC. Bellator is gone. Even though Bellator was doing maybe at the most three shows a month, but it was still something, right? It was still competition for the UFC. Like, let's take Mike Hogan's comments at face value. They pissed away $600 million and they ran out of money to scam people. Let's say that's true. I'm not saying it's true, but there are stories out there about one's financial situation. Like, what do you do? I mean, PFL can only do so much because they're a seasonal thing. 
and the new Bellator events, I don't know how feasible it'll be. But as it is, they're only going to run like 80 events. And for the most part, it's going to be in Europe, from what I heard. And again, the UFC has this class action lawsuit against them. That can change the landscape a lot. But then it could become something like boxing, where the fighters will get the control. And then we don't get to see the fights we want to see. So it's a double-edged sword, guys. My point is, right now, the UFC has a stranglehold on the market. They are, like, they set the rules. Whatever they set, other companies are going to follow. Other than the million-dollar fight night, which they call the richest night in sports, that's PFL's thing. Again, I don't see bare knuckle lasting very long because their biggest card, from what I heard, didn't do very great numbers. Again, what they're missing is they're not they they're not breaking away from MMA fighters because the guys fighting in there are let's be honest. How well did Mike Perry and it's not a knock on Mike, it really isn't. But how well did he do in the UFC? He was doing good up until he got into the top fifteen, top ten guys, right? And then Eddie Alvarez, um, his running one wasn't that great. So tell me, how is Bare Knuckle, if they can't attract the fans, going to stay afloat? Like what he's saying here is we're heading into a world where the only ones that are going to be left standing are the UFC. Of course, the UFC wants that because then, think of it this way, if there's nobody else competing for fighters, The UFC can pay them whatever they want. Think of it like GameStop. You know how GameStop, their thing is, oh, trade your games in and you get store credit to get a new game? Yeah, they'll give you like $5 and then they'll turn around and sell that game for about 15, 20 bucks because they don't have any competition. Although with with the new... um, Digital gaming and people don't have to leave their house in order to get the games. That really hurt their market. So I don't know how much. I don't know if people still go to GameStop a lot. I haven't been in GameStop in years because I just buy my video games on Amazon. You know. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth. Official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace guys. Later. Have a great day. Enjoy the fights. There will be a second episode this week. Last week, I just couldn't do it. I do apologize. But peace, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye.